Lessons from Nehemiah's leadership. Amen. Yeah. Nobody so far has named their child Jeremiah or Nehemiah. One of these days, I'm going to go to the hospital when somebody has a child, and then you'll be there, or it will be your child. Which one is it? Hmm. <laughs> you know how they put a band on the child's wrist? Yeah, I'll tell the nurse. This is the name. <laughs> Nehemiah. Jeremiah. So if you have twins, you are covered. Kelly, did you? If you have twins, Nehemiah, Jeremiah. But the problem is that when the child enters high school, it will be a problem. Nehe, Nehe. <laughs> At least Jeremiah, you know, Jerry is fine. But Nehemiah, you have to give explanations. Yeah. In my primary school, somebody had named their child Nebuchadnezzar. I think the father was trying to punish the mother. <laughs> it was the only way they could punish um, the child. I mean, you can't, there's nothing you can do about the name to make it better. Nebu. <laughs> okay. Let's read, uh, Nehemiah, we'll read from verse 2. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. You see that Nehemiah had the kingdom mind, kingdom cause. They said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Amen. So last week, we started looking at it, and then we put ourselves, we gave ourselves a backdrop that it is complicated, isn't it? To accomplish any task is not a straightforward thing. And then we also looked at the fact that to leadership involves people, isn't it? Yeah, and people have feelings and people have issues. Amen. Everybody has issues, isn't it? Yeah, I have issues and you have issues. In, do you understand? So if I'm going to lead you, I'm leading you in spite of my issues. And so I must also lead you in spite of your issues. Do, do, do you understand? It shouldn't, after all, my issues should cancel out your issues and bring us back to course 90. And then we will press on. Do you understand? Yeah, last week I was trying to emphasize on the fact that stop, stop stopping because of issues. <laughs> issues should not stop you. Do, you. do you understand? Yeah. People should not stop you. The level of complication should not stop you. Life is complete. You know, the world keeps pushing when they meet complications. But Christians don't. And the church doesn't. Yeah. Do you know that I remember I was much younger when uh, HIV fed exploded. Do you know that? But doctors and whatever and scientists have pushed, pushed. And they are, still, they are not giving up on the fact that they don't have full solution. Do you, do, do, do you understand? And anytime they make small progress, they celebrate it. 
and then they stand on their small progress to make better, uh, more progress. Do, do, do you get what I'm But in the things of God, it's like, hey, mm, in that, we can't do. Mm, it didn't work. Mm, it's not. Yeah. We do it to everything. Whether we are managing a chapel, a choir, whatever. No, I've tried. The people are really some way. Think about it. Do you think that all those scientists sitting in the lab, they don't have issues? And they are not some way. Yeah, sometimes they even fake it. That is why sometimes they will give us advice. Then after a while to come and say that thing is not good. Isn't it? Yeah, it's true. They will tell us eggs are good for you. Egg is better. Then they'll come. They say egg, protein, it's not good. They say, eh. they'll say coffee to help you in slimming. Then they'll come and say no. Coffee. So even they, they are bluffing their way through and then we follow. <laughs> because, yeah, there was a time they said olive oil was really good. Then when the people who make coconut oil discover their coconut oil, they have to destroy olive oil for us to buy coconut oil. So they say olive oil is a, is saturated fat and it stays on you. So use coconut oil for it. Then when we started using the coconut oil, then they came. They said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is complicated. And yet they are still pushing. They are still pushing. Yeah, they are pu- they'll give us, they'll say, if you have diabetes, do this and this and this. Then they'll come. They'll say, no, no, actually, don't do this and this. And then we are still following, isn't it? Yeah. They have now discovered food that, uh, 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 what do you call it, aggravates or facilitates uh, cancer cells, isn't it? Like red meat, you know? But you see, the truth, 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 when you go and look inside, you will see that there are lobbies for, <coughs> for salmon. <laughs> <laughs> who are destroying uh, the, the lamb, Jambres and uh, Janice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, it's only recently that they have now discovered, they say that the vaping thing, it was a trick. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah, because they, they killed the cigarette people there, they say, and they, they, they gave the vaping, and then they discovered that actually the vaping actually enhances other drug use. Because now you have a machine that you can put any drug in. You see, cigarette, you can't put any drug in because it's already tied up. But you see, they lead with confidence. <laughs> Even in the wrong thing. And we say that we have the right thing. And yet we can't push it. We can't market it. We can't sell it. We can't distribute it. Hey, it's changing. Amen. It is changing. Amen. We are going to be like Nehemiah. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. Whatever steps Nehemiah took, we are also going to take it. So we gave the first lesson. We said that it is God who puts that desire in our hearts. Amen. Yeah. A desire to serve God for his kingdom's cause. It is God who puts that desire there. It is God who puts that desire there. How many of you believe that it is Satan who puts the desire for drugs in people? Yeah. How many of us truly believe that there are certain addictions that definitely comes from the pit of hell? So if addictions can come from there, then it means that we can also have heavenly addictions. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means that God can also draw something in us. God can also entice us, give us something that we'll be passionate about. Do, Do you understand? Yeah. The desire for the things of God comes from God. It comes from God. But you must have, if you have a hunger and a thirst for it, he'll give you more of it. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. Do you know if somebody comes to your house and then, I'm going to be very pastoral today, so just relax. All my examples will be within the 
Genesis to Revelation. Do you know if you go to somebody's house and they bring a little tray with a juice or what, whatever, and they come and save you, isn't it? And then they, when they pour maybe the orange juice or apple juice or whatever into a glass and you drink it, if you drink the whole cup, they'll pour again. If you sip, no, no more is coming. So if you test, if God is places a desire and you, are, you fully use it, he will give you more desire. Because anytime it comes and you see that your desire cup is empty, you pour more desire. Some of us, the first teaspoon they gave to us, every time he passes by, the <laughs> same level, same level. You don't even need top up. Let alone, we are sipping. <laughs> yeah. Some of us, the desire, we sip small. We treat it like medication. But if you gulp it down, you will have more of it. Amen. Yeah. Because Nehemiah 2 verse 12 told us it was God who placed that desire in Nehemiah. Amen. Yeah. Nehemiah 2 12. Today I want to give us another one. One of the other lessons that he cared about people and was relatable. Amen. Yeah. We have to care about people and be relatable. I'm going to read a few scriptures. I'll read Nehemiah 2. From verse 17 to, to, okay, you see the verse 12. It says that I slept out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Amen. God had put in his heart for the people of God. He didn't say God had put in his heart for his family. Do you get it? Yeah, it wasn't for his family. Do you know that he doesn't know all the people in Jerusalem? (laughs) Actually, do you know he was not in Jerusalem? Yeah, really. I mean, he was doing okay where he was. He had favor with the king. Do you get it? He was, he was, pro, he was fine. Do you understand? These were other people's matters. <laughs> other people's business. Do, do you understand? Yeah, other Christians' issue. Do, do you get it? Yeah. But God put that thing in his heart. And then we're going to read. Let's read from verse 17. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Verse 18. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So it sounds so Donald Trumpish, eh? Build the wall anyway. So they began the good work. But when Sambala, Toba, and Geshem, the Arab, head of, why is that? You see, those are names you should never name your child. Do, do you understand? You should never name your child Sambala. It's not a good name. Yeah. The Arab head of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? All names are names. There are some people, there is a Spanish, uh, in, in Spain, they call people Jesus and they call people Lucifer. Can you imagine if your name is Lucifer? You have no choice. Your evil de- deeds ha- have been confirmed on you. Yeah, because you know your name is your confession. Because before you can speak, it's spoken over you. 
Yeah, from the day you are named, which is normally before you are born. Most people have the name before the baby comes out. So from the time you are born, confession is being made on you. Yeah, Michael, Prince. Yeah, Sheila, Fred. Lucifer, Lucifer. Lucifer, stop it. Lucifer, come. Lucifer, I'll Lucifer. Lucifer. <laughs> Those of you who like me, ask for me, I'll give my child a very unique name. I'll give my child a very... Please, find out the name, meaning of the name you are giving to your child. Find out the meaning of your... the name of... the meaning of it. It doesn't matter how nice it sounds. (laughs) Find out. Please, find out what it means. Because some of the nice names, they don't have good good meaning. Do you know that? Yes. Some of the very common names. I'm just telling you. I don't know if anybody has such a name. Change it. Do you know you can change your name? Bill, didn't you change your name? Yeah. You can change your name. You can change your name to what you want it to be. Because we'll call you that. Yeah, there are some places in Africa, the meaning of the names are not good. <laughs> yeah. I had an uncle, the meaning of his name was, the meaning of his name was kill people. Kill people. Kill people. (laughs) And he was a killer. (laughs) Okay, let's continue our, there. Yeah. Yeah, suffering. (laughs) I won't tell you today, but one day I'll tell you something. Not today. They scoffed. What are you people doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, verse 20, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Amen. What am I saying? My next one was about cares about people and is relatable. Do you know why? Because the verse 20, he said that the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no. You know you care about people and you know you relate with people's issues when it doesn't become they and them. But it is we and us. Yeah. Do you understand? When we say we'll get through this. It's different from, I hope you get through. Do you understand? Yeah. They are very funny. No, we. We gives a sense that you are included. You are part of it. I'm with you. I'm in it with you. I'm standing with you. Because he could have said, hey, they, they will survive. Because he wasn't there. Oh, you. They will get through it. I mean, God will not leave them in Jerusalem without walls. Yeah, yeah, God will help you guys, you know. You know, yeah, after you have suffered a while, he will, he will let you. And you see, it's a kind of leadership. It's a kind of leadership where you stand afar off and then you try and communicate from a distance. It's very different. I, th- I think I've said this one of the uh, first services. That you must smell like sheep. Do, do you understand? You must smell like other Christians. 
you must smell like somebody who cares for Christians. Do, do you understand? You must look like it. You must act like this. I said that when you're in the city center and a painter is walking by, you know that the person is a painter. Why? Because there'll be paint all over his clothes, isn't it? When a, mena- a mechanic is passing by, you know that it's a mechanic. Why? Because there'll be oil. I don't know whether they do it purposefully or it's by mistake. But somehow they end up having engine oil, isn't it? All over their clothes. And they keep those clothes specifically for, they call it overall. Then they'll put it on just for that purpose. I don't know what we put on. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. And do you know that it is something we all have to develop? Some people, we can say, oh, they are naturally nice. But you see, even those who are naturally nice, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can care for people. Because do you know that people can be pretentiously nice? Oh, hello. Long time. God bless you, sister. We thank God. But you know, and I know, that we really don't thank God. And we really don't care. And if you try to start telling them your story, you will see the irritation beginning. Yeah. A smile does not necessarily mean you care. Do, do you understand? A greeting does not necessarily mean. And one of the things that we must realize is that when it comes to us as children of God, it's not about the physical. Do, do, do you understand? So you, you can, you can be look all nice and smile. I, your heart will tell me really who you are and how you feel about me. Do, do, do you understand? How you feel about me is not what you say. You know? And you know, when I discovered that it really blessed my heart, because I realized that it wasn't going to be fair as a pastor. If I naturally cannot do, hello, how are you? I mean, does it mean I'm going to be regarded as a pa- bad pastor? That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. You know, then God, God made me realize that it goes beyond, way beyond. In fact, when we were on mission somewhere, we happened to be with other pastors. And there, there was a senior pastor whose wife, you know, she was the most, Oh, lady-like, uh, mm, very, mm, extremely calm. I mean, she was so calm, she couldn't even drink water. She was, she was amazingly, oh, 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 gee, you know? But just after a few weeks of being around her, we realized how nasty she was. Oh, abs, abs, absolutely nasty. Yeah. It didn't take long for people to see beyond her beautiful looking face and her beautiful smile because her hello was literally up to her nose. You know, that was all. Beyond that, she really didn't particularly care whether you lived or died. Yeah. And the more she began to be discovered, then she was like, yeah, but everybody is made differently. And I wanted to tell her, but you see, I'm respectful. Because I want to tell her that, you see, but you don't have to fake it. <laughs> you, uh, no, no, oh, no. I have my limitations and, you know, I, 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 I respect my elders very much. But I'm sure she knew that I was thinking it. Yeah, but I wasn't. Yeah. But she was extremely nice. She doesn't shout. If you are not her, she won't say anything. Yeah, if she asks you to do something, you don't do it, she won't say anything. She'll just go and tell her husband. 
Don't suck you. You understand why they suck you. <laughs> so become more relatable. Become more caring. Do you understand? And it must come from the heart. It must come from the heart. And the way you talk to people and the way you uh, uh, address people will even show what you really think about them. I always say this to Christian young brothers. Some of you, it's becoming difficult to find a wife because your relatability is not very genuine. That's for another relationship class. Number three, does not shy away from a challenge or a problem and does not sugarcoat it. Because Jeremiah was the one who told them, he said that, you know very well, verse 17, what trouble we are in. You know very well what trouble we are in. You know very well. It's not, you know, when you're a leader who can confront issues, you do better. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, because sometimes our faith work makes us look so weird. Do, do you understand? Yeah, it's true that scripture says the mountain shall become a plain. You know, this valley, whatever. But it's true. But it is a mountain nevertheless. <laughs> do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Acknowledging that it's a mountain doesn't mean it's not going to come down. Do, do, do you understand? It, but it means that you're not going to bump your head in it. You know? And it means that you're going to think about what you have to do and how you're going to do it. And not just walk through it. You have to be truthful enough to be able to acknowledge what it is. Yeah. If you are serving in the house of God, if you are taking care of people, you must be able to not shy away from somebody who has a whole lot of problems. You should be able to, okay, this one, they have a lot of problems. This family has a lot of problems. Do you understand? But we can deal with it. But we can deal with it. We can, this person is very challenged, but we can deal with it. That we can deal with it. Yeah. As a parent, you must be able to know, this my child has this issue. This my child has this issue. This my child, you know. But we can deal with it. And that is why sometimes when we are sick, we pretend as if we are not sick. Yeah, yeah. If you're a lady and then you see a lamb in your breast, it is a lamb. It is not um, a boy. Mm. <laughs> I told you that today we are doing Genesis to Revelation, and I'm sticking with it. I'm not even going. I shall not be tempted today or tomorrow. I am sticking with it. I am sticking. I am totally sticking with it. Let me give you a few more. We have a. Number four, leads from a spiritual place first before executing in the physical. Leads from a spiritual place first before executing the physical. That is what differentiates Christian leadership from secular leadership. Do you get what I'm saying? That is what separates Christian leadership from secular leadership. Leads from a spiritual place first 
when we read in verse number four, after the people came and told him all that was going on in Jerusalem, the Bible says in verse four, Nehemiah 1 verse four, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Before he went to see the king, organized whatever, God, the, the first thing was that he spent time. He said, for days, I fasted, I prayed. I fasted, I prayed, I fasted. How do you deal with challenges? How do you deal with issues? How do you initiate things? How do you, you see, when you're a Christian, you must start your life with prayer. You must end your life with prayer. You must take decisions prayerfully. You must take steps prayerfully. You must choose a spouse prayerfully. You know, Reverend is always saying that he prayed for months and months before choosing a wife. And nah, nah, nah. You know, hasn't he been saying that? Yeah, and look, after all his hours of prayer, look at what God gave him. Can you imagine if he hadn't prayed? Can you, can you imagine if he hadn't prayed? Why is there two people who... You don't like truth here. Anyway, I can, change, I can change the sentence. You see, after all his hours of prayer, God gave him such an amazing, you see, that's what you want to hear. You, because, you see, when you have prayed, even that which is bad, God turns it around for good. <laughs> I'm still on the same point. I haven't changed the point. Yeah. Oh, you don't listen. Yeah, because, you see, because my husband is godly and prayerful, God has turned me <laughs> into yeah yeah because I can easily imagine if I married somebody who was godless yeah this same grace will be used for godless things <laughs> oh you don't understand what I'm saying I say if you're a good leader start with prayer before you go into the physical don't look at a beautiful girl and then go and pray <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Then your prayer becomes focused. Lord, I sense you are talking about the one who sits on my left in church. Yes, I've seen. Yeah. Lord, I thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I actually saw her red dress in Jesus' name. See, some of us won't study at all. Then when we turn the exam paper and we can't answer the question, then we start praying. That is not good leadership. <laughs> hey. The time that they have said start work and you only have two hours, that two hours, they didn't include prayer in the, the two hours. You were supposed to pray and go and study. Do you understand? And when you are studying, be praying. And before you leave home to go and do the exam, you pray. By the time you turn to question one, prayer time is finished. <laughs> Lord, bring into remembrance. Lord, ch <laughs> Lord, change the question. Change the question. Change the question. Superimpose. Yeah, yeah. Let there be a major distraction right now. 
let this examiner fall down. <laughs> then you throw your pen into the aisle and hope oh, that. Now, prayer must come before. Prayer must come before. If you are preparing for an interview or you are looking for a job, prayer must come before. Yeah, you put over the interviewer, the location, the atmosphere. There's, you don't enter the room and see two mean faces. <laughs> and try and sprinkle oil, blood. You know, I mean, you know, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We have turned the blood of Jesus into like a gun. <laughs> it's like an insult to <laughs> Yeah, in, uh, if you translate it from certain language, like an insert, yeah, let the blood of Jesus touch your eyes. <laughs> yeah. To touch my eye, and then I will still ask the questions I'm about to ask you. We, 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 in, in, instead of being proactive, we are reactive. Yeah, when, reaction is not a good way to lead. Yeah, do you understand? Yeah, when the whole house is broke, then you're going to take extra job. The money is already finished. You are not going to try and find. Yeah. Why didn't you plan for it before? Yeah. You, you gave birth. Your children have grown and are, they are now 19. Now you want to start praying for them. You, should, you have to pray over the children yet unborn. Oh. I tell you. You see, Kiran's wife to be, she doesn't know the prayer that has gone over her and into her life. Oh. When he was like two, the prayer extended to his wife and his children and his mother-in-law and his father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't wait till they have brought an object. <laughs> yeah. And then even when you're trying to negotiate that, mm, son, this one is not, and then maybe his heart has gone inside that thing. You must pray for God to touch his heart at the age of 2, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 16, 21. Yeah. Our time is true, see? Yeah. And those who have daughters, pray over their head, into their ears, on their chest, at their back, inside their leg. There's nothing like having a daughter bring a foolish man. Let me explain to you. Let me explain to you why. Let, sorry. Oh, we said we're doing Genesis. We said we're doing Genesis to Revelation. Let me, t- let me explain something to you. <laughs> we are talking about good leadership. Amen. Good leadership. Listen, if your wife brings, a, your daughter brings a foolish man, remember what the scripture says. Wives, submit to your own husband. It didn't qualify the type. And as a, a Christian, whatever your your, your daughter. <laughs> Whatever counsel that her husband gives, you, as a Christian, you have to let her understand. So long as it's not going to kill her. Obey. <laughs> it's not the time to be making certain prayers. You see, sometimes you hear wives or husband pray, Lord, kill her. Kill. God won't kill anybody. Your wife is not dying today. She's not dying tomorrow. In fact, the more you pray that prayer, the longer her life is extended. You have to make those prayers before. Before you embark on the journey. Before you take that step. 
before you take that decision, last week I told you, the choices you will make are the things that will make you. Do you understand? You make the choices, then the choices make you. Yeah. You become it. It's just like your thoughts. Do you understand? You think it, think it, think it, then you become. Let us become more spiritual. Let us become more. Because you see, when you are spiritual, sometimes the thing that looks like a left is actually a right. But your spiritual eyes are the only thing that can see it. Sometimes what looks good may be Delilah. It is only your spiritual eyes that will show you that this one don't touch. Don't touch. Yeah. He may look nice, sharp, handsome, whatever. Don't touch it. Yeah. Sometimes you are taking a job. The money is good. It's coming with a car. It's coming with this, this allowance, this allowance. If you have pray, if you are spiritual and sensitive to certain things, you are not going to go into the job and then realize the job is killing you. And then now you want to get out of the job. You will know that there's just something about it. Something about it. You see, and that something about it can only come when there's an inner witness. And that inner witness is only your level of spirituality that will make you more and more sensitive to it. Otherwise, you'll be operating with feelings. Feelings are different from the inner witness. I feel like this will be, no. I feel like this will work. Feelings change. The inner witness never does. And it comes with a level of peace that passes understanding. I don't know why. Saying, don't start the business, but you just know that this is it to do, and then you go and do it. And sometimes they're like, Oh, you are really good at this, go and do, go and do. But you know that now, but that one can only come from God. That's why sometimes, even little incidents, little, little incidents, you realize that it is God, you know, all these um, uh, um, terrorist attacks that were in London, people gave testimony. I got up, dressed up, I was going to go to work. But there was a presence that said, no. There were, I, I was going, I left home, I locked my, and I came back to the house. And I didn't know, I, I had nothing else to do at home, but I sat there, and I missed bus 30. Yeah. And the bomber was on bus 30. But it takes a certain, I'm sure there was another Christian too who just got up, ate their chicken and rice, and then went straight to sit on the bus. Let us stop playing jokes with our faith and with our walk with God. You know, when Reverend Stanley explained to us that you first lead yourself, the leadership skills first applies to you. And whatever you are doing, have God in it. I thank God for bringing Michael into the house of God to turn prayer into a joyful time. I don't know how many of you were here yesterday. I mean, yesterday was day two, but we were very joyful in prayer. Oh, yes. So, you know, at the beginning, but as Michael was, and, 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 we arose. <laughs> yeah. You must have God everywhere, everywhere, and in everything, in everything. See, because when you, you, you put God first and you lead from a place of spiritual, some of even the fights and quarrels we have will stop. Because that insult you're about to insult your husband. If the spirit of God is there, and if you go and pray about it before, 
I'm sure the Lord will tell you that this is, this is such, you know. Delete it. Delete it. And that is why, you see, even in the body of Christ, now we have pastors who are not Christians. Yeah. We have backsliding pastors who are leading congregations. Because the need and the essence of spirituality is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And sometimes they are even living in sin. Doesn't matter. Let me give you one more and let us go. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. Because Nehemiah 2, verse 4 and 5, the Bible says, The king asked, Well, how can I help you? With a prayer to God of heaven, I replied, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestor. You know, when the king asked him, How can I help you? Jeremiah's first thing was, uh, Nehemiah's first thing was what? With a prayer to the God of heaven. Most of us, when maybe it's like, I can't afford my school fee. I can't. The first thing we're thinking of is what connection do I have? Who do I know? What can I? Yeah. There are some people, they might go to the hospital, they're diagnosed with an illness. The first thing that comes to them is panic rather than prayer. But then it tells you what leads you and what you're operating under. Yeah. Most of us, when we hear bad news, we react to it. Before we say, oh God, help me. But you see, oh God, help me. It's not even a good prayer. Do do, do you get it? Yeah. Because I told you that it's complicated. I told you that it's not easy. I told you it's not so. Having bad news or having roadblocks is not a strange thing. It's the essence of life. It's the essence of life. So having that should not be the issue. It's how you react to it and what you use. Yeah, That's why when we talk about the weapons of a Christian, we talk about love, this. one of our weapons is prayer. One of our weapons, and that's why it's one area of our faith that we struggle with the most. Do you know people struggle to come for prayer meeting? People struggle to, let me preach this now. Prayer is one of our most challenging areas. And sometimes we have to dignify it and we have to make reason for it. And then we also get the new age Christians to tell us that prayer is not all that. After all, isn't prayer just communicating with God? So if I get up and I say, Lord, good morning. How are you? And then he says, I'm fine. And say, Lord, let it be well with you, Lord. (laughs) I will see you later. It is okay. And that is why we are weak in our faith. And that is why we are weak when we are faced with challenges. That is why we are weak when we have to move mountains. Because our prayer can't shift a fly. Our, pra- our current prayer level. Ooh, even the ant won't shift. The ant will look at you and say, really? 
finish and just move from there. When Reverend was teaching us prayer, he explained to us that prayer is work. Prayer is work. Yeah, prayer is work. In fact, you see, a lot of times, even when Christians think about prayer, they are thinking about the one that they are prayed for. Do you understand? Or the prayer that is miraculous. Do you understand? Want to the prayer that when you spoke in fire will come out. No. We are talking about the prayer that is tedious for you. The prayer that wears you out. The prayer that you have to be there and pray. And that is why Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Hey, you couldn't pray for one hour with your big titles. Senior Peter, you can't pray for one hour. I tell my back, you're falling asleep. The one area that the devil even puts sleep on you is prayer. When it comes to hearing the word of God and prayer, you will make you fall asleep. Beulah, if like I've said this, from next Sunday, you start watching. Praise and worship. Today we are going to be teaching on uh, John the Baptist. Oh. I pray that today we have learned something. Then we just come alive. When we hear that, we know we are, we are service has ended. We're ready to go. You should wonder is that why is it that when I have to hear the word of God or when I have to pray, suddenly I'm bored, suddenly I'm tired, suddenly it's too long, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm irritated. Yeah, it is only in prayer and in the word that we negotiate hours and time. Can I pray for 20 minutes? Is 30 minutes okay? Uh, Somebody asked, Reverend, what is a reasonable time of prayer? What is a reasonable amount of money? Prayer is a currency. So tell me how much money you want. I'll tell you how long you should pray. And that is where our victory lies. The reason why Nehemiah's were victorious was because he put God first. He put prayer first. He prayed and he fasted. He didn't know how he was going to solve the thing, but he knew whatever it is, he would need God in it. I pray that from today we will begin to increase our prayer life personally and corporately. Sometimes you have to join corporate prayer to learn how to pray personally and to learn how to pray for long hours. It has its place and there is a need for it. The first time so I prayed all night, she was confused. Yeah, I didn't know I could do this. Actually, the, yeah. But you see, it brought her excitement and joy. Yeah. For those who have been praying 12 hours, now I've seen that it hasn't, it's nothing. Yeah. Recently, Pastor said we should try and do 24 hours. <laughs> and then people told him, slow down. <laughs> and so. But all of us must begin to have an improvement in our prayer life. It's one of the lessons that Nehemiah is teaching us. That spiritually we must begin to grow. I don't care how young you are. Yeah. Pamela, do you hear me? I don't care how young you are. Yeah. Because Pamela should be able to cast out demons. Yeah, she should be able to pray over the sick. You see, and the more you have private prayer, and the more you have personal prayer, the more authority you have as a Christian. The more authority you have as a Christian. The more you can cast out demons and drive out. You, you can be in your room the night and things want to catch you. You can't just go and say, don't even let me see your back. Yes, boy. 
But for some of us who hide under the bed and see, are they gone? It's still rise up onto your feet.